You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person, a child. Host, Ape Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, along with special guest co-host Dr. Tiffany King. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions that push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. For all the truth seekers out there listening, I am super excited about today's show. Um, if you are a first-time listener, we do our show in the form of a question as I go by my name, Black Socrates. So we like to basically tackle all conversations in the form of a question, trying to ask the right questions to get to the right answers. And so today's discussion question, just to go ahead and let the cat out the bag before I introduce our, our special guest, is parenting skills when you when doing your best isn't enough. Parenting skills when doing your best isn't enough. So let me go ahead and get y'all introduced to these amazing guests. I'm going to start off with, my again, my special guest co-host, um, Dr. Tiffany King, if you will. Glad to have you back. It's been a while. Uh, we're gonna, people are going to hear from you on a regular basis, but for what I understand from time to time, we're so glad to have you back. If you will, Queen, um, say hello to all the truth seekers and give people a little bit of your background before we and actually introduce our returning special guest. Go ahead, Queen. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Uh, my name is Dr. Tiffany King, as um, Latoya said, and um, I come to you with uh, just uh, some experience in uh, being a parent, number one, um, but more and more importantly, just um, experience in, in, in the literature and experience in, in conducting research and so having a perspective that um, follows the literature and that follows um, what we consider sound and, and um, questionable, I mean, it can be challenged, and um, just research in social science for the last 20 years with some of the uh, uh, top research countries, uh, farms across the country. And so uh, at this point in time, I, I'm a research professional at Arizona State University in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and um, 
I'm just here with, with questions, as you said, as well, but also just to share my experiences. So I'm happy to be here. No, I absolutely love it. And without further ado, again, returning special guest, Marilyn Odoini. Um, Queen, I have to make sure I say that name correctly. I always mess it up a little bit, so you can straighten me out with it, if you will. Um, but you are here as our special guest as a cognitive behavioral therapist, amongst many other titles, so I'll let you share a little more of your background, because, again, you are the perfect guest for this morning's discussion, and this is going to be a very deep discussion, uh, even, you know, from even what people can tell from the title. I love where we're going to go with this because it's a, it's a conversation that we need to have, and so I'm so glad to have you on to have this conversation. But go ahead, Queen, if you will, say hello to the truth seekers and give a little bit of your background as well. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Montaya. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Marilyn Alduini. And as um, Montoya mentioned, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist. Um, most importantly, though, I'm a wife and mother of three children. Um, I'm also a best-selling author, speaker. I work day-to-day as a transformational motherhood coach and life strategist. My work is specifically with black mothers, focusing on conscious parenting and peaceful parenting strategies. Uh, the work that I've done um, I'm a bit of an anthropologist when it comes primarily, specifically, I should say, to adolescents and a lot of the work that I do with families uh, and with mothers in particular is around our parenting skills, particularly during the adolescent years. And my work with mothers has been featured on NBC, Fox, and CBS um, over the past year, so I'm really very excited to be on here discussing this topic and sharing with you guys. Um, I'm excited about your co-host this morning because I think she'll be um, a, a, a perfect fit here, a perfect voice um, for this message. So thanks again for having me. No, absolutely. Again, very glad to have you for this particular topic, very important topic. Uh, I don't know if it gets visited enough, but uh, again, if you are a first-time listener, all my truth, regular truth seekers, they know um, this is the place where we try to bring um, expert advice. Um, sometimes I even tag it this that I often show, showcase guests who are a little smarter than myself, and I consider myself pretty smart, you feel me? So uh, today uh, I expect to get intellectually outdone and to learn um, on this discussion because myself, not being a parent, but I do do have to, do have to I'm a counselor, and so I enjoy and love children, and so I'm always kind of you know, reaching to understanding when I when I get to know my children um, in the after school program, if I, if I understand their backgrounds with their parent with their parents, a lot of times it helps me understand the child a little better. So again, this discussion is a very important one. I'm going to start with you as a special guest, Marilyn. Uh, so I have a pretty quick, cool way I start the show every Saturday. And so um, before we go to our first break, I just want to give a a short response, if you will. Uh, just give me your first thought when you heard the question worded this particular way. What was the first thought that came to mind? Parenting skills when doing your best isn't enough. What was the first thought you had when we kind of both decided this is going to be the question? What did you think when we when we decided on this question in particular? Most importantly, I I um. I thought that it made a lot of sense. It's a, it's a triggering kind of question, but really, because a lot of us, we're always talking about how we do our best. Our parents, we heard it all the time from 
you know, our, our elders, that everyone just did the best that they could. And if you're doing the best that you can, especially as a parent, then that's all you can do, then that's enough. And it just, um, and my immediate thought was that most of us can't afford to do just what we know or our best, because our best is based on what we know, how we were raised and our experiences um, in childhood moving into adulthood. And the sad truth is, especially as, you know, black Americans and just, you know, black people in the world, most of us know a lot of dysfunction. And it's not necessarily always because of what our parents did directly to us or intentionally to us. A lot of times it's because of how they responded to societal conditions and conditioning through their parenting. So what we know isn't always the best. So doing our best isn't good enough because we should always be striving to do better. So we should be learning and growing in just our own, um, just as people, as individuals, which can help us to also grow as parents, learning more in terms of what a lot of us don't even study children. We have no idea, you know, what the needs of children are in the different stages. And so how can we call ourselves doing our best um, to raise children when we don't even know anything about them on a biological, physiological, psychological level. So love, love awesome. it. I love it. Um, we got about a minute. Um, Dr. King, again, thank you for being my special guest co-host. Um, if you will, Queen, um, give me your first initial thought. Just keep it quick. We'll get deeper coming out of the break. But when you heard the question worded that particular way, mm-hmm. just give me the first thought without going, you know, too deep, just the first thought. Great. Absolutely. Um, first of all, Marilyn, thank you so much. Your your opening response was, you know, really dead on in terms of what my thinking has been as well. Um, but I'll, I'll add to that and just say one of the things as a, as a mom, as well as two boys, and my husband and I have been married for 18 years and, and learning and unlearning a lot of things about parenting that I think the first thing that comes to my mind and has been the most important thing is that we've consciously made a decision, decision to unlearn and to fight against some of those things that, that were a part of our childhood growing up because we don't believe that they fit well into what we believe is good parenting or, or, or better parenting, if you will. I oh, love it. So we're going to go to this first break and we come back. Uh, we'll also open up the phone lines. We've got a caller that's looking to get in early, which is always good. If you're out there listening and want to get in on this morning's discussion, uh, we are a live show. You can get in at 646 787 1691. Again, that's 646. 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Again, this morning's discussion question: Parenting skills when doing your best is it enough? We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Are you trying to figure out your next income stream? Maybe get into cryptocurrency, real estate, or maybe even start your own business. If so, contact the KG Hire Company to receive a professional consultation or strategy session to provide you the advice you need to get a jump start on your new venture. If it's a new business, there's nothing like having a business consultant review your finances, strategy, or marketing. If it's real estate, the KG Hire Company specializes in evaluating deals for profitability and securing special financing for creative real estate acquisitions. If it's cryptocurrency, then look no further than the KG Hire Company to master the components of blockchain technology and investing into cryptocurrency serving atlanta since 2016 the kg hire company is an industry leader in customer experience and getting your money's worth contact them at kghire.com or 833-544-9288 
833-544-9288. Again, that's 833-544-9288. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Dr. Tiffany King. Our special guest is Marilyn Adwini. Um, this morning's discussion question, parenting skills when doing your best isn't enough. Again, Marilyn, we'll start with you as our special guest. You mentioned this right before the break, and I thought we wanted to, I wanted to dig a little deeper when you say, hey, this morning's discussion question, you figured it to be somewhat triggering. Uh, as you mentioned prior to the break, the idea that a lot of parents will offer, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can with what we have, and sometimes it was offered, especially when you're in a sense your children became young adults sometimes, and and, 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 and and we see this in the community, and they think about, hey, how they was raised, even if your parents, in a sense, if you were lucky enough to have, in a sense, both parents there or whatever the case may be, but you'll have the situation, you'll be like, hey, that, that, I'm struggling with some of the stuff that my, my mom and my father did, and quite often that's, like you said, that's the excuse that's, you know, it's really an excuse. This is an excuse that's given that makes you, as a young adult, just have to process it as, well, I just have to give them. And again, it's not calling the, you know, this whatever this particular issue is, it's not necessarily calling this parent a bad parent, but because it's not quite often a sensitive issue that maybe something wasn't done correctly or right, and that parent knows it, they receive it as a blanket statement. So if you will, Queen, just kind of dig into this idea of, uh, of this questioning itself being triggering, if you will. Well, I think it's triggering because um, parenting is a very vulnerable kind of space for a lot of people, and it's a very sensitive space for a lot of people because, uh, to be honest, just based on the population that I work with, no one feels particularly confident about their parenting, or very few people feel confident about their parenting. And um, it goes back to what I said in the beginning, because we're coming into it just with this, you know, um, uh, ad hoc basket of things, you know, that really don't equate to skill set when it comes to parenting. And so from that place, again, everybody says, well, I'm just doing the best I can with what I have. Uh, and as black people, once again, we have so much societal trauma and other issues to deal with, and all of that is reflected in our parenting and comes back to our children. And so, you know, we have so many things that we're dealing with, and we have so few um, skill sets available to us from an early age that when people talk about our parenting, we're very sensitive there, you know, and when we say that we're doing the best that we can, we think that's enough. And a lot of times, yes, you know, the old adage says you, um, you do what you know how to do, and when you know better, uh, you do better. And a lot of us just aren't even aware enough to know that we should be doing better. So I think this, you know, triggers and kind of, you know, pokes a few people who are in that space of like, okay, well, I'm doing what I know how to do. I'm doing my best. But you know, I think this is a, a call to do better. Do better. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah, a call to do better. Um, Dr. King, if you will, Queen, when she mentioned the idea again prior to the break, the idea of not realizing learning and understanding and learning about children and you being in the research space and, as you said, a, a parent yourself. Uh, yeah, what did you do? I thought that was a pretty cool thing that, 
uh, Marilyn mentioned when she said the idea of trying to learn about children, learn, because again, people will just kind of do it without even thinking to explore, kind of figuring out as a, as we go quite often. And and the crazy part is for most parents, the most important thing in their lives are their children. But the, as she just mentioned, being unaware, sometimes you just never think, let me go learn about children. So when I heard that, you know, I want to hear your thoughts being, a, you know, in research, being an educator yourself. Uh, well, yeah, what are your thoughts about encouraging parents maybe to do so or even your own life story? And how, you know, how did you go about figuring that out with your children, if you will, Queen? Right, absolutely. Um, I think one of the first things I'll say here is that uh, you know, undergrad class, and, and during undergrad, my undergrad years, the, the first time I was introduced to this, the topic of human development, the fact that there's things that are what we would consider normal for certain age groups, right? We, 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 when we have, when you become a parent, that's one of the first times you learn that, hey, between six months and 12 months, these are the types of behaviors that you'll see your child exhibiting. They're exploring the world around them. They're learning about it. Well, this notion of development spans from infancy all the way through, you know, the end of life. And so a lot of people don't understand that there are things that we um, as parents are are viewing and observing in our kids that are truly a normal part of their growing and developing. And so as a parent, when I became a parent, you know, I I had, you know, years of of teaching human development from across the lifespan. I have a husband who's a school psychologist who's worked with children from um, their special, special needs all the way to, you know, just kids who are having behavioral issues. And so, um, we both, you know, ha- has, have had hours and hours of conversations about parents not truly understanding what's going on with their kids because they don't get that some of these things are normal. They're, they're supposed to be doing it. Um, and, and as a parent, our, our job is really just kind of help them navigate it. Um, and so what we what we oftentimes, you know, call just walking alongside them with it, um, interfering when we need to. You know, it's like when you're teaching a child to walk or they're learning to walk. We don't We don't hold their hand the entire time at some point navigate the process, um, but as a parent, you have to be willing to do that so that your kid can get it. If we hold their hands in, they'll never get it, right? They'll never walk on their own and, and take those steps by themselves. And so I think, you know, one of one of the um, um, opportunities that I had some, some years ago, you know, probably across a, a 10 to 12 years, I worked with some school districts in Illinois before we moved here to Arizona, where we, we taught, you know, uh, human development and just kind of lifespan development to parents, where we offered these kind of short workshops that helped them understand, your, your kid is in third grade, these are the types of behaviors you'll see at home, these are the types of behaviors we might be seeing at school, this is what's normal, this is what's not, so the parents could really kind of understand that. Um, I think, you know, really, you know, just understanding human development is important. But if I can add one other thing here, I think that's also been really critical in my understanding of, um, you know, kind of just parenting and how we've chosen to go about it. And that's this notion of parents and their parents approached parenting from a very survivalist, um, you know, viewpoint. They wanted to make sure we came home, right, if, 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 if uh if we're thinking about, you know, in any any anywhere any 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 time frame from um, when we were enslaved through Jim Crow, right, or even through you know Reconstruction, where you know it was it was critical for us to get home because you know of what what they were dealing with during those times. So oftentimes our parenting was so strong and rigid because I need to make sure that you understand this is how you get home. Well, guess what? That hasn't changed, right? Are we dealing with that same? paradigm now, you know, just different issue. Now it's police brutality, right? And so um, we have to get beyond that, though, because there's this notion of making sure our, ch- our children get home and making sure we educate them about the world and how they navigate the world. 
and still understanding that they're normal human beings, right? And so how do we kind of marry those two and let them live in the same space in our households that, yeah, I want you to get home, but I also want you to have an experience in life and make mistakes and, and be able to come to me and talk about those mistakes and us work through them. We don't. We oftentimes don't do that because our mentality is so focused on I need you to get home. No, we're definitely going to dig deep into that. We actually got a caller that wants to get in. Again, if you're out there okay. online, the number to get in. Oh, I'm sorry. I, heard. I said great. Oh, okay, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have, if you want to get in on this call, 646-787-1691. Again, you have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Area code 416, last 3586. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Hey, Montoya. This is Leslie, and I'm calling from Toronto, Canada. Thank you for inviting me to your show. And I am a no, mother of two. Oh, <laughs> I'm a no, mother no, of absolutely. Two Go ahead, Queen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, if, I, if I could do things over, if I could start over again in terms of parenting, I would definitely have spent a lot more time planning financially because raising kids, um, under financial duress or financial strain is extremely difficult. And you could have the best intentions as a parent. You know, you could have the intention to love your children and give them everything you can. But when the finances are not in place, um, you're going to be very stressed out and your temper is going to be short and it's going to be hard to be at your best. And I think that more parents should really um, prepare their nest prepare their nest before they get pregnant um, because it's hard to fix after you have the baby. And, and, I, and I don't just mean in terms of money. The nest also has to be extended family, a social network, people that can help you to raise your children, to babysit them, to, to teach them, to support them. Um, because, like, when, you, when you're a parent of young children, like, being around them 24-7 can be exhausting. And you need to have support. Otherwise, it, it just becomes painful for everyone involved. Um, you know, you need to look at can you afford a babysitter? Can you afford daycare? Can you afford a nanny? Um, you know, the, the, the <laughs> I'm amazed when I see, you know, upper middle class wealthy parents who not only do they have the grandparents supporting them, but they also have a live-in nanny, you know, and they have all the supports in place so that the children are well taken care of. So we really do have to look at the finances because without the money in place, you know, that's when child abuse is much more likely to take place when you don't actually have the money to support you. So that's what I wanted to add. Nah, thank you very much. I'm actually going to keep you on. I want to hear what our guest and what Dr. King has to say with you, what you said, and we'll, we'll keep you on at least till. If somebody else needs to get in, we'll keep you on because, you know, maybe get a response um, to what you said, but you brought a lot to the table. Uh, but, Marilyn, we'll start with you. Uh, any thoughts about what our caller Leslie has um, brought to the table this morning? I think she makes um, a very critical point there, and I think that definitely expands out to our entire culture because many of us, many, many, many of us are bringing children into the world without being prepared for those children and everything that they require. And, you know, we started this talking about preparation in terms of understanding children and their social, you know, um, psychological and all those other needs. But, yes, money plays a 
critical part in your own ability to even have the energy and the time to tune into those things. Because when you are overwhelmed with the financial struggle that is involved, um, that can be involved, I should say, with raising children, it can pretty much dominate your your you know mental and emotional space to where you don't even have anything left over or you have very little left over to give to raising those children consciously. And, you know, that goes again, and she mentioned something else about having the support system. And I think that's another thing that so many of us uh, end up lacking as parents as a village, you know, as many of us like to call it. I feel like it's not necessarily even about having so much money to have nannies and all those other things, but it's just having a support framework around you. We don't have our grandparents. Grandparents are getting younger and younger where they have, you know, jobs and children still that they're raising, so they barely even have time to really be that support system that you need when you have children of your own. And, um, you know, just our communities are fractured in so many ways that we don't really have the support framework. So when it comes to your best not being enough, um, I think not only does that apply to that nuclear sense of parenting, but how we do it as a community and how we support each other as a community. We're just not doing enough. You know, we're not doing good enough in supporting the families and parents within our communities. And, and then that, you know, you know um, reveals itself within the actual parenting relationships because there's so many factors, um, you know, when it comes to stress, financial stress. Um, emotional stress, and so many other things that end up telling that story. So what she says there is very, very uh, important. Uh, so I'll leave it at that so I'll give um, Dr. King some time to, to say her piece. Dr. King? Sure. Um, I think I resonate with, you know, kind of everything that's been said already. Um, I think the only thing I'd probably add to this is that um, I do realize that, you know, even though I, I make the conscious decision um, looking at my mother's experience getting pregnant her freshman year of college and, and dropping out and not finishing until she was in her 50s, I looked at, you know, my grandmother having her first kid at 16, and so I looked at the historical you know, kind of experiences of, you know, my you know, mother and grandmothers, and, um, and I made a conscious decision that, you know, I didn't want to have kids early. And I realized that, especially in, you know, you know, many low-income communities, whether you're black or Latino or, um, you know, whatever it may be, that um, that's not always the case, right? And so even though we might have the best intentions about, you know, delaying parenting until we are financially stable, if you will, um, you know, unfortunately, that's just not, just not the case. And even, even when we look at the, the recent statistics, people are delaying parenting even longer when you're the higher, you know, the higher your education. And so, um, I have a cousin who used to tell me, you know, you're, you're the one who should be having more kids and, and not the other way around. You know, I shouldn't be the one having more kids. I don't, I don't have the finances to do it. And so I get that. Um, but I also want to say that despite, you know, us knowing that it takes a lot of money to raise kids, right, the, the statistic is astounding at this point. If you calculate, it's over, you know, $1.2 million or something to, to adequately raise a kid from 0 to 18, just thinking about child care and et cetera, right? Um, I think aside from the money, I think one of the things that my critical focus has always been is that whatever your circumstances are, we can still learn um, what's developmentally appropriate for a kid, you know, despite what our stresses may be. We can still learn 
about the behaviors that a kid is going to exhibit, you know, if they've been abused or if um, they're they're struggling with something. And so I think I, my focus has more so been whatever your circumstances are, how can we still be better? How can I still be a better parent? And so, you know, I have a sister now who's a single mother, and so she's trying to help her see past, you know, the struggles of single parenthood to still understand that your kid is still growing up. He's still, you know, going to need the, the attention and, and, and learn the basics that he'll need before he enters preschool and all those types of things. So despite your situation, um, what's critical for parenting, whatever your situation is? I love it. And I have to um, uh, Oh, yeah, man, please. Yeah, I said and I'll definitely have to agree with that to a great extent, too, because I know as I was um, raising my oldest children, I, you know, my ex-husband and I were very much, I was very, very young, um, and I married very young, and we had a lot of financial struggles within that period. But I had the benefit of being um, in school at the time, and, you know, I was getting my psychology degree, and I actually was in human development. And so I had the benefit of learning those things around that time and being able to still implement them. Um, The challenge comes when you don't have the opportunity and to be in that space where you even know, where no one around you even knows to tell you that you need to understand these things about children. Um, and, um, and so that's where it comes back to the idea of having, you know, the different kinds of people that are necessary within your network, within your community to support you as a parent because what you don't know, someone else can bring to the table for you and support you in. So, Definitely, no matter what your financial circumstances are, you can always learn to be better within that parenting relationship. But it's so important to have the um, the people around you that can support you in in in, in doing that. No, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, Leslie, we are up against the break. Are you able to stay on, Queen? Because I got a particular question I want to ask you based on something that you brought to the table. Do you have the time to stay on with us? Yeah, I'll stay. I'm here. All right, sounds good. All right, I'll bring you back right after the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, Parenting Skills. When doing your best isn't enough, all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Dr. Tiffany King. Our special guest is Marilyn Arduini for this morning's discussion question. Parenting skills when doing your best is enough, isn't enough? 
We also have a caller, Leslie, calling us out of Canada. We are international. I like to highlight that, if you will. Um, but, um, Leslie, thank you for hanging on with this. Uh, thank you for what you brought to the table. You, know, you said this idea of, in a sense, um, preparing the nest uh, for the up, uh, oncoming children. So a very poignant point. Um, obviously, again, as our guest Marilyn said, our community to a degree, if we're honest about it, does, we're, in a sense, is fractured if we speak in general, not everyone, but in general, we're fractured. So a lot of people, in a sense, follow suit and do exactly what you said, the opposite of what you suggested, right? You admitted that was your story as well. Um, I wanted to ask you if you were open to dialoguing about this. I wanted to ask you, when you look back, as you said, if you could do it over again and you see exactly what happened and you, you spoke to the finances, can you think of anything that, in a sense, ended up being a direct impact with your children that you maybe saw into their adulthood and you say, man, had I had this or had I had that or been able to do this, I could have helped my child navigate that easier. Because uh, a lot of things that happen to us in, in our childhood absolutely affect us in our adult, adulthood. So I don't know if you've seen anything like that in particular in your children or you realize this is what I could have changed had I had maybe been more financially secure, maybe had a bigger village, if you will. Any thoughts on that? Again, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but if you could think of anything, that would be um, great. Yeah, um, there's so many things. I mean, when they were young, I was completely and utterly exhausted. I had no idea how exhausting parenting was going to be until I became a parent. And um, because I was also breastfeeding, and I went back to work at, like, I think it was six months. But I still continued to breastfeed when I would get home from work. And, I, I mean, I was just, I had no energy to play with my son. Like I was like, even though was, uh, his father and I were together, we were both working and like, we were both extremely exhausted. We were barely getting any sleep. Um, it was just a rough time. Like it, it, I wish I had actually taken like a year or two off of work to just be with my, my child um, and sending him to a babysitter. Like I really hated doing that. It was awful because um, he would cry like crazy every time I would drop him off at the babysitter so I could go to work. So, you know, I, I think that in retrospect, um, I would have taken into account um, how beneficial it would be to have at least a year off of work so that I could just focus on being a mother. Now, that makes sense. Um, is there anything that you recall, or again, I'm thinking about if you can just kind of Consider this, look back on your children. Is there anything that you recall that, that played out due to maybe those things that you consider lacking? Do you, do you see something that played out within your children, in your opinion, due to that? No, it, you, know, you never really know, but I'm just saying, do, do you, can you recall anything in your children that, that played out due to, to the, due to these stressors? Um. I can't think of anything directly right now. It's probably going to come to me as the call goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they just, I mean, they still turned out pretty good considering all the challenges we went through. Um, but I think that they would have been a lot happier socially um, had my, my extended family been more uh, cohesive and had we had the money to do all the things that we wanted to do as a family. Like I wanted to homeschool my children and that, that actually became an impossibility 
um, because we just didn't have the money. Like, that was not going to happen. Um, so it's just, like, things that I, I didn't get to do that I thought I was going to be able to do um, didn't play out. But I think that um, because I have so much love for my children, um, they still turned out pretty good, if, if I do say so. I respect that. I respect that. All right. Thank you so much uh, for your call, Queen. If you want to get back in, you will have to come off the one and back on the one. We are a family show, so we can definitely get you back in if you want to. But thank you for your call this morning. You're welcome. Uh, absolutely. All right, Marilyn, we'll start with you. Um, if you know, again, and I, you know, I obviously put the caller on the spot, so I can definitely understand maybe um, not something not something not coming to mind. But let's focus on these children, and you know, as well as you, Dr. King. Again, both of y'all having studied human behavior and understand this fully. Um, that example of that, in a sense, that I asked of the caller, Marilyn. I know you come into a lot of parents, like you said, that are not confident. Uh, in a sense, about their parenting. And so when you're helping them with that and helping them understand, hey, this is normal development or here's the things that you want to, in a sense, provide for your child, are you seeing things in in these situations when you're helping these parents or that that is playing out pretty bad for that child due to that parent, parent not understanding or knowing something or how to deal with their child correctly? Because I know I see it as an as a counselor, I'm not an expert like you. So uh, in a sense, what type of things are you seeing that uh, parents in, in general are not understanding about that child? Because maybe like, like Dr. King said, maybe they don't realize that part is normal, but because you're doing this, that has now become abnormal. And I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but I'll let y'all both jump in on that, but we'll start with you, Mary. Um, Absolutely. Um, one of the main things that uh, we're seeing more and more in younger and younger children is depression. Um, it is, you know, becoming very, very, uh, uh, well, much more common, I should say, and even the youngest of children. And I think a lot of it, I, I'm sorry? Say it again. <laughs> yes, it's becoming very, very common in younger and younger children is depression. And it, um, it reveals itself in so many different ways. You know, you have um, young children all the way through adolescence who uh, are getting involved in so many risky behaviors, um, who have a lot of rage, and, you know, we make fun of, like, teen angst a lot, but it's a real thing that is that, that definitely impacts their development and um, just their ability to, to flourish into the future. And even when, when you look at many adults who we like to say, all of us, so many of us, I should say, like, like to say that we came out okay, we turned out okay, despite um, our parents, or maybe even because of our parents, we believe, because our parents were so hard on us, or because our parents, you know, did whatever it is that they thought was best, we turned out okay. But many of us, once again, we're dealing with depression. We're dealing with anxiety. We have, you know, low self-esteem. We have so many issues that span, you know, the spectrum, even as adults. And it should, you know, beg the question, did we really turn out okay? Are the things that we experience as children really the things that we should be repeating with our own children? So I think, you know, going back to what your original question was, that's probably the main thing that we're seeing. It starts very, very early 
um, now is with depression in young children. And a lot of the things that we see as problem behaviors in children really are just um, depression, you know, once again, kind of expressing itself in a multitude of ways or anxiety expressing itself in a multitude of ways. So that would be, you know, my answer to that question is that uh, is, is depression is one of the, the, the main um, ways that we're seeing the parenting mm-hmm. that children are experiencing revealed. Now, um, uh, it makes sense. I'm say this, Dr. King, you jump in on this as well, but I just wanted to highlight this as I'm listening to you, um, knowing, in a sense, in general, how our culture can be. And, again, I like to say in general because I never want people to hear these general conversations as, a, as it applies to all of us. But here's a reality, unfortunately, when I hear you say that, uh, Marilyn, is the idea that in our community we would never even consider that, generally speaking, for our children. A child be depressed? A, ch- a child can't be depressed. Like, like it, it might be even getting dismissed due to old, old ways of thinking that somebody's listening to it right now. Like we're worried about a child being depressed? Oh, that's just the experts right. trying to tell about? us there's mm-hmm. something. What are you worried about? You got lights? You got water? Right. <laughs> you, got exactly. you have nothing to worry about, right? Right. You know what I mean? So so we'll we'll say, hey, because of y'all educated background, it's the only reason y'all are trying to tell us that our kids have a problem. You're just trying to come up with something to get our kids on meds. But if you will, Dr. King, let's jump in on that. Um, we got a, we got a couple of calls that want to get. Okay. Can I just add this? Kids, children, adolescents are the only demographics that are that are not allowed to have a bad day. You think exactly. about it. They're not allowed to have a bad day to come home and say, you know what, thanks today because I just I was not feeling well. I didn't sleep well last night. I woke up worried about the ACT test, and so I just I was a little bit short with my teacher, and so I made some mistakes today. We don't give them the space to make mistakes. I shouldn't say that blankly, as you said, but oftentimes our kids are not giving the space to make mistakes and to have a bad day and to, and to honestly just express and so when we talk about depression, I mean, you know, it's probably been there forever. We just didn't see it because we don't even let them have a bad day. Yeah, that's amazing. If you will, Queen, um, you're going in and out a little bit, so I don't know if you're near, near the phone or move the phone. Just want to throw that out to you. Um, we're going to go to these callers, but just keep that in mind. We, you were going in and out. I think we caught most of what you were saying. All right, let's go to area code 408-968. You're live on the air with us. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, hey, what's up? This is Craig. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing, King? Where you calling us from? I'm calling from California, California. Well, you up early in the morning with us. I love it. What you got for us, King? Hey, check it out. Like, you know, I mean, I'm listening. I'm listening, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm going to reflect to you because I know you'd be saying some things. But... Uh, <laughs> The, the simple part about it is that people, older folks like us, um, teaching our children conflicting lessons. Because when you do that to a child and that child becomes a responsible adult and has to be responsible for its own actions, and you over there are saying one thing and doing another, and you think that baby's supposed to be performing at some kind of a level? You know what I'm saying? What you doing, man? Mm-hmm. You, you, you got to start taking some responsibility for your actions, man. And how we do that, how we do that, by, by being responsible, we start looking at things differently. 
and then we start practicing because up until this point we have developed all kinds of bad habits you know what i'm saying and we mm-hmm. got to we got to start developing some good habits now the thing about our brain is that there's a part of our brain where it's responsible for these habits bad ones and good ones so we want to do it we want to, we want to, we want to start practicing things that we weren't doing before so we can get some benefits going here and it's not really enough. about kids. Mm-hmm. Huh? No, keep when, going. When I, 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 the, I, yeah, keep going. Please keep going. Yeah. When, when it's about the kids, like we're talking, the kids are the future. So we're going to invest in the future. Are we going to do this or are we not going to do this? No, I love it. I mean, you're saying some strong stuff, um, Craig. I'm actually about to yeah. go up and get some break. So I'm going to say this, and then I'll have the, our guest and uh, my co-host talk about what you had to say, and um, thank you for your three cents this morning. I really appreciate the support. You got it, bro. No, absolutely. When I think about, when I listen to what Craig just said, here's what came to my mind, and again, this is part of, again, understanding within our culture how some of these things happen, right? So as I listen to Craig say that, that practice what you preach thing, a lot of parents, you know, let's be honest, do fail at that, and I can recall the comment, literally the comment literally being do as, do as I say, not as I do. Like I've, I've, I've seen that play out in our community. Now I will say this, and I, and I actually used to think this was a good thing. We can get into this when we come back from break. But to a degree, effectively learn what I was supposed to, despite the real life examples I had, because of that. Do what I say, not as I do, because I was so worried about the discipline that would come with the fact that if I did follow and do what these adults did. Now I kind of like you said, Marilyn said, well, I turned out all right because I paid attention to do as I do because I was always worried about the consequence if I, if, of, of copying these adults, if that makes sense. So that's a, there's a lot said with that. Craig has triggered, you know, triggered me to think about that. So I definitely want to hear y'all thoughts when you come back from break. You listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, but all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Dr. Tiffany King, as well as cognitive behavioral therapist Marilyn Arduini is our special guest for this morning's discussion question, parenting skills when doing your best, is this enough? Dr. King, I'm going to start with you in response to, again, something that Craig made me think about, our last caller. And, and to a degree, I'm, you know, there's certain things that you do, you know, you can do as a child and you can't do as an adult. So I actually thought to a degree that it was pretty effective sometimes with the do as I do, do as I say, not as I do. But I, I, and the thing is, I agree with Craig. Absolutely, you would rather do, you would rather your actions align with what you do. But again, that's not always the case. 
Um, adults sometimes have their vices or whatever the case may be, and that's their decision, but they are saying, you as a child, you're not allowed to do this. Or sometimes they're correct from a standpoint, it's just not the right time. Uh, 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 but in reality, that conflicting message is the key to what I heard Craig say. And so I wanted to hear your thoughts with your research and background on what are your thoughts on what he's having to say and me. Also thinking this was okay. Maybe it's like Marilyn said, one of these things, well, I turned out all right without realizing that might have been more of an issue for me. Go ahead, Queen. I'll share a quick story to respond to it. My, um, my seven and my child. Dr. you're pretty low. I don't know. We might have to, I don't know. Are you by your, are you talking into your phone? Just checking, Queen. Uh, maybe it's because I have the headphones. Maybe I'll switch it out. So I definitely want people hearing what you're having to say. We're we're hearing you, but it's low. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, I think it's a little better. So let's go with that. All right, Queen. Yeah, go ahead and jump in. Um, so I I think my best response to that is a story. Um, do as I say, not as I do. My kid kid called me on this. So as a, as a young mom, I did everything to make sure that they had the best food. We you know, I breastfed, as, as Leslie said earlier. I, I pumped for a year after that and still breastfed for over a year. Um, I made their baby food, so I was pureeing all types of fresh fruits and vegetables and just made sure that they ate the best food they had, and nutrition was a priority for us. And so, um, and I think at that time I also was, I, I ate pretty healthy myself, but I had some bad habits that I hadn't let go of. And so I had my secret stash of, like, junk food, right, that I would hide in the pantry and, Nobody knew it was there. Nobody was allowed to touch it. But kids are smart, as we know. And my seven-year-old child said, Mom, it's not fair that you get to have your secret stash of junk, but you never let us have any. And that, what can I say? We're, I'm, I'm raising boys to, to be critical thinkers. I'm raising them to have a voice. Um, and in that moment, I realized, wow. I can't, you know, most people, my mother would have responded by, you know, giving me a backhand slap, but the parent that, you know, we chose to be, I said, okay, you know, right, son, mommy has to do better, and I'm going to do better, and so I appreciate you holding me accountable, because as parents, we need to be held accountable as well. And what? So, that's you know, what you that's did? I, I sure did. That's what you did? I, I, the back slap was appropriate the way I was raised. <laughs> Exactly. You told you told your seven year old they was right. He was absolutely right because he was. How am I, I'm, I, I, I we we know he was right, but we ain't gotta admit to it. We the yeah. adults here. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Wow, they got another story too. So go ahead, Queen. I'm sorry. Yeah, how powerful is it though in that time and space to acknowledge that and to be honest? Because now I'm I'm giving him a lesson that goes beyond that that simple you know, junk food conversation, right? You know, it goes beyond mm-hmm. that. So now he's able to say, okay, adults um, may have the capacity to engage in a critical conversation with, with even kids. And so when he gets older, he can have, get his children that same voice. And I'll be honest with you, I've received some slack, some slack from my own community about that, you know. You, you allowed your, your son to say that to you? That's not appropriate. And so I've had to be very particular about who I've allowed to be a part of that village because I don't believe in kids not having a voice. We didn't met my husband and I didn't believe that. That's not how we wanted to raise our children. I want them to be leaders and be willing to challenge, you know, things that, that we've allowed to have long standing pillars in our in our culture as what's right, you know? And no, so it's meant to some people thought well you shouldn't 
You should have whooped us behind for that. You know, that was the first response I got from my sisters and my mom and my grandmother. And I said, but why? It's, it's the truth. It's the truth. Now, the dope, the dope part out of that, Marina, yeah, the dope part out of that was that you actually, because you knew it was the truth and you felt, held yourself accountable, you probably got a, you had to get a little better. So, it, so your stereo helped you out because with, exactly. with the way that the way you're dealing with it, like I said, because it is a critical thought, and it's all, and like I said, if we're honest, if another adult had said it to her, we would have absolutely accepted that. Hey, we're wrong. We might have to admit that we're we're weak in that area, or whatever, but we wouldn't have looked at it as as something wrong, but because it came from a child, we consider it wrong exactly. due to how we look at the parent-child relationship. But the child is not wrong exactly. in that moment, which is the point. Um, go ahead, Marilyn. I'm sorry. I think I cut you off for saying something. Oh, no problem at all. I mean, she made um, that the story was illustrated a very good point, and that is that as adults, we have to also have not only accountability, but vulnerability with our children as parents because they need to see that we're human too. You know, um, we make mistakes and that we're willing to admit to making those mistakes and that it's a part of life because as, you know, was mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't let children, we hold children to a standard that we can't even live up to ourselves. You know, uh, we don't let them have bad days. We don't let them have attitudes, you know, because we take their attitudes personally as if it's not just feelings, as if we don't have our own attitudes, you know. And um, and we, we discipline really, and it's not discipline, and I go into this a lot, and I talk about this a lot, that, you know, discipline is very different from, from punishment, <laughs> you know, and mm. punish children for being children for being human, for having feelings and having thoughts, you know, is a setup for disaster. And a lot of what we see going on today when it comes to our children and depression and all kinds of other behavioral issues, it all begins with us. And I say that over and over again, is that we are the balance and the measure as parents. And what we're not willing to model for our children, we really have no right to expect to see from them. And when we are not modeling things appropriately and our children challenge us on it and we feel triggered because they're challenging us on these things, we kind of lash out at them instead of looking inward and developing and growing ourselves and giving them that example of how a human being can make the, the, the proper adjustments and changes and grow based on being accountable for their actions. And so I think that's right. part of what um, we miss um, in parenting, opportunities. Because children are mirrors. Us. You know, they're there. They are very wise, you know, believe it or not, and they're very observant. And we are blessed with the presence of children in our lives because that is our call to grow and be better. And when we fight against that, not only are we harming them in the end, mm-hmm. we're harming ourselves because we're not taking those opportunities to become better people. No, I love it. I mean, this is very critical because, as you say, we lash out. That, yeah, that becomes that back slap in that moment. Why do you have this? Mm-hmm. Why do you do this? Even though you know they, you know they're teaching you not to smoke and not to drink. You know, you know what I mean. Even mm-hmm. though the, you know the, the refrigerator's full of that or whatever. And again, it's not that drinking itself mm-hmm. is wrong or whatever. But like you said, it's a chance to be better, a chance to you know uh, have a life lesson. Maybe you maybe you did drink too much prior to having your child. And now that you have mm-hmm. a child, you learn to do it in a responsible way. Because again, that's getting better, and that's your child. Like you said, I love how you're saying that. That that's in a sense creating that role for us to become better. Because that's what we shouldn't do in regards to our 
legacy, right? We should be wanting to become better, and us becoming better ensures that they mm-hmm. become everything that we want them to be. So I definitely um, respect that perspective. We got another caller. Area code 770-3155. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. 155, you're live on the air. Okay, do I just push one? Hello? Yeah, yeah, you're live on the air with us. You already did it. Yep, you're actually on the live. <laughs> yep, give us I'm your sorry, name. My name is Aaliyah. <laughs> and, no, no, you're fine. Uh, my name is Aaliyah, and I'm calling from Potter Springs, Georgia. Um, I was. Um, I, I just want to first thank you for having this dialogue because I think it's so important. Um, I'm actually a teacher, a high school teacher, and I've been teaching for about 18 years. About 13 years ago, I started working at a very diverse school. I was predominantly uh, white at the time, upper middle class. You know, I got a chance to see a a lot of different types of parenting styles once I moved to that environment. I had my kids around that same time. My oldest is about 14 now. And I think that for me, I realized that having the opportunity, as as the speaker said, to see and understand development in different ways and how different communities and cultures deal with development was really important. And as a teacher, I knew different things about child development. I mean, I know that kids do develop at different times. I mean, you learn that as a teacher. However, I wanted to say that I think for me, it was not an automatic transfer. So I had kids, and I knew, for example, that my my, my three-year-old would act a certain way because that's how three-year-olds act. But then my cultural understanding still kicked in, and it was like, well, but he can't act like that because then people will think he's bad or whatever. Um, and my, my son um, actually, around the time that he, well, he was diagnosed when he was about second grade or third grade with ADHD. And I knew probably since he started school, maybe even before that, that he was exhibiting the symptoms, or, you know, that showed that he had ADHD. I knew that. I mean, I worked with ADHD students, and I would actually say that I felt like I spent a lot of time as a teacher really, you know, trying to attune to those students. And it, But it was still so hard for me. And I think the reason why it was hard for me was going back to that idea of culturally, is this okay? And so I wanted to just make the comment really, and then I think I also had a question for um, the speaker. Okay. But my comment was really kind of like, I realized that even though I knew, my knowledge wasn't enough. I eventually really benefited from two things. I benefited from a, I had a black male principal at the time, and he had a son who had ADHD, and he was very open about talking about it, and he was open to talking to me about how he had maneuvered that. And having that model and having that, that somebody else who had an older kid and who had gone through it was really important. And the second thing that I had to do, I felt, was I had to go to counseling myself. And I had to acknowledge that there were things that in my background were stopping me from being the parent that I wanted to be. And I didn't didn't go there initially for that reason. I actually went for my own um, anxiety and depression. But once I got there, I remember crying in sessions because I realized that some things that happened to me that had been very painful to me, I realized I was still perpetuating that in, in my parenting of my children. Right. Um, and I ha- I've had to go to them multiple times and say, you know, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm still working on this. Um, and 
but I want to be a better parent. I want. I, I don't think this is the, is the right way that I should have addressed you. I shouldn't have yelled at you. I shouldn't have, you know, done whatever it was that I was mm-hmm. doing. Um, and so I guess my um, question, I'll Let I'm me do this real quick, if you don't mind, Aaliyah, Aaliyah if sure. you don't mind. Um, I'm at the top of the sure. hour. Do you have a little time, and we'll do your question out of the break, because I'm loving everything that you're bringing to the table. Uh, I'll just say personally, as I listen to you, um, it's a complete win that you went dealt with your own issues and was willing to go to your children and say, I'm sorry, because how many of us, especially as African-American children, have never heard those words, even from our own parents? But are you able to hang on after the break, because we'll get to your question out of the break? Sure. Okay, sounds good. We are at the top of the hour. Um, I like to play a little music on the show every now and then, so I uh, hope you all appreciate with a song from uh, Tupac Shakur. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We are not a politically correct show, so I don't know if this is a clean version or not, but just rock with us. We'll be right back. To my unborn child. Oh. To my unborn, unborn child, in case I don't make it. Now ever since my birth, I've been cursed since I'm born to wow In case I never get to holler at my unborn child Many things learned in prison, blessed and still living Trying to earn every penny that I'm getting And reminiscing to the beginning of my mission When I was conceived, they came to be in this position My mama was a panther loud, single parent, but she proud When she witnessed baby boy rip a crowd to school But I dropped out and left the house since I only got one life to live God forgive me for my sins Let me make it and I'll never steal again Or live again My only friend is my misery Wanting revenge for the agony they did to me See my life ain't promised but it sure gets better Hope you understand my love better To my unborn child Host Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co host Dr. Tiffany King. This morning's discussion question parenting skills when doing your best isn't enough. Our special guest is cognitive behavior therapist Marilyn Arduini. We also have a caller on the line, Aaliyah, uh, calling us out of Potter Springs, Georgia. And so I'm going to bring that queen back on to ask her questions for our special guest. All right, Aaliyah, you're back on the air. Um, I know you have some questions for both of our guests, so go ahead, Queen. Thank you for calling in and telling us your story. Oh, absolutely, no problem. Um, yeah, so I think that my question kind of centered around this idea that for me, um, I do understand that that child development and understanding how to be a better parent means changing some behaviors 
from the past that I may have grown up with. However, as a teacher and as a parent as well, I I am often um, a little concerned too about, I guess it may seem like the lack of discipline that we are seeing with kids in this particular age as well. And so I guess my question centered around the idea of um, how do you think that we, you, you made a comment, one speaker said that, you know, there's a difference between discipline and punishment, and I agree. Um, what would you say might be a good way to reconcile those two ideas? Like what, what might be some strategies that parents could use to think about their idea of disciplining effectively so that we raise kids that are disciplined and, you know, have good coping skills versus just punishment? Marilyn, thank you for that great question, Aaliyah. Awesome question. So, Montoya, is it okay if I um if I share my answer is yes before you even my answer is okay. going to be yes no matter what you say right now. So go ahead, Queen. Okay. So, yeah. um, you know, if you guys and I don't know who's out there, but anyone can follow me on Instagram as the Peaceful Black Mama, but um and all other platforms as well. But I write often and share my thoughts on things like this all the time. So here's something that I think may be helpful to you. You can ask any other questions. Um, but I say many parents or adults say they want discipline in their children when what they really want is obedience. So they yell, hit, scare, punish, shame, and defeat them into blind compliance. Discipline needs time. Obedience is fast. Discipline requires patience. Obedience is instant gratification. Discipline is challenging. Obedience is easy. In order to develop discipline, children need a certain level of skill in critical thinking and understanding, which varies based on age and developmental stage. They need certain kinds of experiences and a certain level of freedom to express themselves, ask questions, push boundaries, and make mistakes. Most of all, they need an example. The truth is that many of us as parents do not even possess within ourselves the kind of discipline required to raise disciplined children. We are impatient, quick to anger, poor listeners, poor communicators, lacking in empathy and compassion, insecure, easily triggered, and take everything personally, and unwilling to grow. So we default to demanding blind obedience because it's easier and makes us feel more powerful. We don't want to answer difficult questions or any questions at all or feel that our authority is being challenged or being embarrassed in any way, even if it means snuffing out our children's confidence or stunting their growth. Keep in mind that obedience does have its place in the parent-child relationship. That place is trust. Our children should willingly obey us because they trust that our requests are rooted in their best interests through love, respect, compassion, understanding, and healthy communication. Obedience rooted in trust and not fear simply lays the groundwork and keeps children safe while they develop discipline. Choose trust. And that's basically what I'll say is choose trust. And in the way that you interact. Drop the mic. The show is now over. Everybody's got exactly what they need to be the greatest parents ever going forward. Uh, Let me say this real quick again, just highlighting on Marilyn because I do follow her on her page. So what you just heard is the type of advice that she's constantly giving out. I noticed she mentioned that, but I want to reiterate, just in case somebody tuned in the the middle of it, that go follow her, 
say it again, Marilyn, because, again, she's constantly sharing information like you just heard her read on the app to us. Uh, again, that's just her sharing one of her posts. So you can imagine how beneficial that is to people who follow her and even more so to her clients who say, you know what, let me get some help understanding these children. So if you will, get that information out again. I want to hear Dr. King's response as well before we let Aaliyah go. I think we may have some other callers. For the other callers, you have to press 1 if you're trying to get in. If you're just listening via the phone, no problem. Uh, but, yeah, give out your information again, if, um, if you will, Marilyn. And then I want to hear Dr. King's thoughts, uh, uh, answer to um, Aaliyah's question. Absolutely. Um, you can find me at thepeacefulblackmama.com. And while you're on there, if you want to spend some time or, or, or see how we can work together, you can set up for a free um, introductory consultation. Um, I'm also the Peaceful Black Mama on Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. So you can find me on any of those platforms. I'm always sharing and um, talking about all of these things. So um, I love to give um, great advice and just support as many, uh, especially, you know, mothers within our community um, through their parenting as possible. So definitely check me out. All right, Dr. King, I know you're always pretty simple with it, and obviously she dropped the mic, but if there's anything you want to add or, uh, you know, to uh, or answer, of course, answering Aaliyah's question, please do. Absolutely. I think the only thing I would add, because as you said, it, uh, Marilyn, you captured it all, I mean, beautifully. Um, I would only add that, um, or emphasize, I should say, that I'm still unlearning a lot of things myself, you know, and so I think it's an ongoing journey. And so um, being able to, you know, have a partner that I've been with for 18 years, we constantly are dialoguing and, um, you know, going over, you know, kind of where where we are with discipline, if you will, or where we are with, um, you know, just kind of expectations for our boys. And so I think that it is a, you know, we are works in progress ourselves. And so we have to give ourselves room as parents to make mistakes, but also to be willing to, you know, pivot when we need to and not be afraid to do it despite what, you know, everyone around us may be saying. As I said, oftentimes the biggest thing that um, we often turn to is, is, is physical punishment, right? You know, you know, beat his ass, if you will. Okay, I hope it's okay to say that. <clears throat> um, I said we're not a political correct show. You're fine on here. <laughs> you know, I, 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 uh, I, I just don't think that um, that physical punishment is the only answer. I do, I do realize that there are times where kids do his ass, you know, hey. Um, but if that's the only tool you have in your belt, then you're doing your kids a huge, you know, injustice. I mean, it, it, it cannot be the only thing that we turn to, and it can't be something that's even used often, you know. Our children are smart. They're brilliant. They understand very well. And so if, if we sit down and have a conversation about what they're doing and ask them why they're doing it and how can I help you, you know, see past it, I mean, our kids are capable of, na- uh, capable of navigating those types of conversations and, um, one other thing I'll say is, is that consistency goes a long way. Kids are, have great uh, tracking capacity. They, they keep a, a good log of, um, remember when you put me on punishment for this that time. Remember when you know, I got in trouble for this. You know, so mm-hmm. they have a good memory. So they can, they can remember when they did something and why it made you unhappy and why you felt that they needed to be disciplined for it. And so having simple conversations that are, um, you know, synthesizing that, that behavior and why they did it and why it's wrong, you know, can be really powerful for our kids. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I really appreciate, before I let Leah go, um, 
I really appreciate you, Dr. King, in, in mentioning the idea of even you as a professional with all of your background still having to unlearn things and have those dialogues with your husband. And so uh, just kind of highlighting, because, again, to a degree, that's what Aaliyah brought to the table when she says, hey, I'm a teacher. I deal with this. I dealt with kids with ADHD, but when my child had it, I still struggle with my own up- cultural upbringing. I had to go get help myself. So at the end of the day, uh, when the very beginning of this show, when both of our guests say, hey, we can be better, we should be better, while that's true, we are definitely empathizing, but it doesn't preclude us from getting better. And again, Aaliyah, I appreciate your story because you, you've basically revealed even your own walk with your children. So thank you, Queen, for your three cents this morning. I, I, I hope you got a sufficient answer. I think quite, I think Marilyn really wrapped it in a, a real neat box for us all. Yeah. Thank you, Queen, Queen for your three yeah, cents. Uh, your question. Thank you. No, absolutely. Let's get to Thank another you. caller. Uh, absolutely. Um, Leslie, just so you know, I am going to get you back in, Queen. we got another um, caller, but Leslie, I will get you back in. I see you out there. All right, let's go to area code 786. 786, last 3307. You're live on the I'm going to be on, on call. So, yeah. I, yeah, what's up? What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing, King? You're uh, live on the Yeah, what's your name and where you yeah, calling at, from? Say it again. Uh, uh, my name is Rashad Marsh. I'm calling from um, um, Oakland, California, by way of Miami. No, nah, absolutely. I knew it was you. I didn't know. I didn't know where you were at today. So you're still out in Cali with it. Okay, go ahead, um, Rashad. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Thanks for getting in with us. Let me use the restaurant. You right there. Yeah, I ain't gonna be long today. I'm at I'm at work, getting um on that getting some double time money. So I ain't gonna be long at all. No, nah, um, I love it, brother. Get that money. But I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, it's double time. So um, I was gonna say um. You know, as kids, you know, I, I I went through a lot. Um, sometimes, you know, um, it's not the parents. We don't tell kids don't tell parents everything. You know, and most of the most of the most, you know, we we you know we went through in school. So most of most of our um, how kids turn out is the environment they in. So my first day of school, um, I got I, somebody found out my dad was a substitute teacher. And he was a mean one. I got jumped first day of school. So from then on, I was fighting ever since. So it, it, it was that first initial thing that gave you that PTSD as a kid. So we talk about depression. Yeah, it's weird. kids can't go through depression. Yeah, you get beat on enough in school, you're going to go through some type of depression, and you're going to go through some type of – you're going to have this anger that you need to put – and you're going to have to put up this front all, all the time to, to be able to, to deal with these animals. A lot of these kids were animals, you know what I'm saying? And then when you look, when you look back on it, a lot of these kids didn't have um, fathers in their life. So they're bringing this stuff to school. You know what I'm saying? So let that marinate. Also, as a kid, I, I wanted to be rappers. I listen to rappers more than my mom and my dad. It's not, just, it's not, it's not because I wanted to. It's because I'm living through them. Through all the depression and all that, I'm living through them. I want to be them. I, I like their lifestyle. It's not that I don't love my parents. But I'm, I wanna, I wanna be them. So, and I was listening to something like that happened in China this earlier this, with the stock market. China was saying they don't want their kids um, watching too much television, or right. they don't want them idolizing celebrities. So turn out the televisions, and they're they're doing all type of stuff over there to monitor that. And that's a, that's their specific words. They don't want kids idolizing celebrities. That's our first thing right there. That's the but to get these kids, we got to tackle that and look what it all entails and see why these kids idolizing celebrities. 
that's the that's one of our biggest problems right there too. So um, so yeah, and as a kid, favor, the favoritism. I, my, my, I was an outcast, so my, my my auntie used to favor my my younger brother and my older brother. So I'm, I'm a kid, I don't know how to deal with this. Somebody taught taught me how to deal with this. It wasn't just it wasn't just her. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it was it was it was more people as well. So my mm-hmm. my sister my, my sister my stepsister favored my older brother my younger my younger um, brother. So having to deal with this as a kid, I'm like how how the hell do I deal with this? And how do I tell my parents this? You know what I'm saying? So so they were like, why is he acting up? Why is he acting up? Man, I'm already I'm already don't give a f attitude now because the world already showed me his ass. So. A lot of so a lot of the women can't understand this unless we bring it to them and tell them. And a lot of times they don't have the solutions. It's not a it's not a woman's job, you know. Unfortunately, we, that's why the single parent home is not it's not woman's fault. Cause they just they, they they just you can't understand this. You know what I'm saying? You can't understand. You, you know you can't understand this. So um, that's a, that's what that's what I'm gonna say. Those three things right there. And um, you know I'm a realist, so I'm a, well, I see a show. I'm always thinking about solution. What's the, what's the solution? I don't have mm-hmm. the answers, but I'm like, we can all think about it together. What's the solution? Yeah, absolutely. Let, let me jump it. in, King, because we're up against the break. I, I love your three cents. I'm definitely going to um, have our guests peel back some of what you said. I have some thoughts about what you said, and I just I hear I, I feel like you're saying it in a sense, recalling it from your childhood perspective. So I definitely want to bring some of that to the table. So thank you for your yeah. assistance this morning. If you want, if you, I know you're at That's work, you get back that. in. No, absolutely. But if you want to get back in, you got to come off the one and back on it if you want to get back in um, in the next 45 minutes. We're going to break. We'll be right back. Where well, all I ask is that you think. Thanks for the call again, Ken. All right. Peace, Ken. Are you trying to figure out your next income stream? Maybe get into cryptocurrency, real estate, or maybe even start your own business. If so, contact the KG Hire Company to receive a professional consultation or strategy session to provide you the advice you need to get a jump start on your new venture. If it's a new business, there's nothing like having a business consultant review your finances, strategy, or marketing. If it's real estate, the KG Hire Company specializes in evaluating deals for profitability and securing special financing for creative real estate acquisitions. If it's cryptocurrency, then look no further than the KG Hire Company to master the components of blockchain technology and investing into cryptocurrency serving atlanta since 2016 the kg hire company is an industry leader in customer experience and getting your money's worth contact them at kghire.com or 833-544-9288 again that's 833-544-9288 Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Dr. Tiffany King. Our special guest is Marilyn Adwini, cognitive behavior therapist. This morning's discussion question, parenting skills, when doing your best, is it enough? We just had a call from uh, Brother Robert Marsh out of California, or calling us out of Oakland, California. Uh, Brother said a lot, a lot of places we can jump in. I'll just kind of let you out anything that stood out. Um, anything that um, you want to uh, address, if you will, Dr. King, I'll actually start with you on this one. Um, anything that that brother said that maybe stood out to you as as, as you see it fitting into this morning's discussion? Yeah, I think that the strongest thing that I heard is I heard pain and, and trauma. Um, that, that you know he still has some that that um, he's he's kind of grappling with from his childhood, and that um, when when children are exposed to trauma early on and, and it's not dealt with, it continues to 
and kind of kind of stack up, if you will, into adulthood, and, and and it sounds like it may even be unreconciled, which, you know, hurting adults who, um, you know, uh, who, who haven't dealt with those things, you know, I definitely have strong perspectives on, you know, what it was like as children, right? And so I think that as I think it was a caller, Leslie, that talked about, you know, going into therapy for herself to kind of deal with some of her own things and then discovering in there, you know, within therapy, you know, how it impacted her parenting as well. I think that, you know, um, I'm not sure if the gentleman is, has, has approached or has even considered um, therapy as an option for him to deal with some of that pain and trauma, but um, as black men, that's, a, that's probably another talk show, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think oh, that yeah, that's, no that's something that's important. You know, he, he, it sounds like he was fighting from, the, from his first day of school, you know, um, fighting, you know, at school and even at home you know, having to deal with things as parents. And so I think that that trauma is something that we have to acknowledge and be willing to, you know, work through as as children and as adults. Um, That's probably the first thing that I heard from him. No, absolutely. Let me just highlight this real quickly because you mentioned that idea. I'm I'm actually proud because I'm surprised to see this. Um, But one of our most listened to shows in the last six months was a show in which we did was um, Black Men, Do We Need Therapy? And I, mm-hmm. and the initial, the initial people who listened to it live was pretty low, which is to a degree there are certain subjects, I'll be honest, that that we deal with within our community, those that we don't, in a sense, like to lift the rug about, about you know, lift the rug on our own dirt, if you will, that I always know that when I deal with those subjects that I'm going to get, you know, fewer live live listeners because to a degree we don't always want to face those things. And so that show actually got what I expected on the live, but since that time, it's become one of my most listened to shows, and so I'm proud to say that. Um, like you said, when you talk about the idea of black men getting therapy, and it's also an opportunity to highlight um, some work that me and another brother here in the Atlanta area, um, Sincere, um, are doing, which is um, the community checkup, Y'all All Right, which is a once a month free Zoom mental checkup, thanks to our sponsors that make that free for the community, where we bring on doctor-level therapists to talk about mental health. So I just wanted to highlight that just because you brought it up, because I, I agree, Dr. King, I, I heard a lot of what you said, and and, I, and it does sound like to a degree that, that that brother's been fighting since that first day of school, so I definitely um, appreciate that recommendation. And that was um, our caller, Aaliyah, that alluded to going to therapy to be able to help herself, just to highlight that. Marilyn, um, your thoughts before we go to Leslie, who's trying to get back in again? I definitely, excuse me, <clears throat> concur with Dr. King that it's, it's something that has to be healed within the parents themselves. So, so many of us, I mean, I talk to parents um, every day who experience so much trauma um, as children, and they're still grappling with it in their adulthood. And in order to get to a space where you can be the parent that you want to be, you have to heal your own wound, you know. And um, I like to say that peaceful parenting begins with a parent at peace. You cannot give what you do not possess. You have to possess a level of your own healing, of your own peace, before you can offer that fully. You know, you can offer an image of it. You can, um, you can do the motions of it when you're when you're not quite healed, or you haven't dealt, you haven't dealt, I should say, with um, the past trauma. But you can't really truly. Um, effectively put it into action within your relationship as a parent until you really come to terms with your own traumas as a child. And 
I also, you know, kind of want to want to get some thinking going with the gentleman that I uh, just finished speaking that a lot of us, you know, we think about these are things that we experience outside of home and maybe not necessarily from our parents directly, uh, but you also mentioned that you didn't tell your parents a lot of what was going on with other people outside of the home. What difference would it have made in your life had you been able to or felt confident that you could tell your parents anything and that they would be able and willing to offer you the support and the help that you needed in order to get through those situations or get out of those mm. situations? So it still makes a huge difference and an impact. Whether your parents are mm. going on or not, there's a reason why our parents don't know certain things. It goes back to trust. Do we trust our parents right. to be able to give us the help and the support that we need and to understand us and to be willing to hear and communicate with us effectively? You know, so I think it comes back down to the same thing. Parents, we have to be a example. We have to be a model for what we want to see in our children. And our children have to be able to trust us and to know that whatever they come to us with, they'll be heard and that they'll be supported and first and foremost, believed, honestly, because a lot of times we just don't believe children. You know, we don't take their concerns and their needs seriously because, again, as Dr. King said earlier, it's like, what you got to be worried about? You know, or we all went through this. I went through that and I survived it, which is a terrible reason or excuse to allow your children to endure the same abuses that you endured just because you survived it. And, uh, and so that's basically where I'll leave that. I think definitely getting into therapy for ourselves as parents, um, no matter what, even those of us who, you know, who, who feel that we're okay, most of us need a certain level of therapy um, and, and just support um, psychologically, mentally, emotionally, whatever um, it may be uh, to get to the root of the things that are triggering us and that are affecting our ability to parent um, effectively. Wow. Um, before I go to let, I want to wrap up. Cause I, y'all are making me think about a lot just from, from a lot of what um, Robert Carlin has said and listening to y'all respond. They'll say, Marilyn, that are coming together. Just I just want our community to think about this. And so Dr. King keeps mentioning how brilliant our children are. And, you know, obviously gave the example where her child held her accountable. And I, I want parents to hear this. Um, now going all the way back to um, Leslie's original thought of the idea of preparing and being as prepared as possible. And, and Dr. King gave some leeway in that because at the, you know, the reality, uh, sometimes, you know, we're, even when we try to prepare, we're not as prepared as we want to be, right? And then and we're always having discussions of the idea of, in a sense, being more prepared for our children and our community and what 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 a world of difference that could make. And so while I do advocate, for example, healthy marriage before children, which um, you know, can't really disagree with that, but that's not everybody's reality. So when it's not your reality, this is what I want people to think about as I've listened to both of our experts speak. And so the idea of our children being brilliant, and I can remember processing some of this myself uh, with my mother, who was a single mother, and I love her to death, and everybody knows I think she's absolutely amazing. Uh, but some things I process due to in a sense, not having, in a sense, my dad in the house. So, you know, I knew of my dad. He definitely um, was a big part of my life in my high school years um, to highlight that. Um, but what I do remember, because children are brilliant, if there are things, even if there are things you are struggling with as a parent, sometimes that decision not to, in a sense, 
tell you certain things that the child is going through, like you said, Marilyn, is due to sometimes a lack of trust when you give the best advice. The child has figured out, based on your own life, you can't help them. Like, that's to a degree. They're brilliant to a degree, but sometimes it also becomes the raising of you. In a sense, when we say a child has to grow up before they're ready, that quite often happens when you are, in a sense, in an ill-prepared situation to raise your child. If there is lack, whether that's due to finances, lack of having support, these things will play out to where your child will have to, in a sense, process adult decisions really before they have to. And it definitely can be a trauma block when they are, in fact, adults, and it affects how they enter into their relationship. Some respond with the idea, I'll never do what I, I'll never make sure my child goes through what I experienced. But if that's not their response, then the trauma quite often is to repeat that. Um, before I go to Leslie, I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts on, some, you know, some of what I just mentioned, Dr. King. Again, just trying to just wrap it all together as I'm listening to um, all the information that y'all are giving us. We have a point where I could raise this uh, on the show, and I think that um, children having a voice is, is kind of critical, critical in all of this. And so when we talk about kids not um, feeling that um, they have the capacity to share with their parents or the relationship doesn't have that, that space, it hasn't been established, whatever it may be, I think about the fact that we oftentimes, or I shouldn't say often, but it is often, um, times take our, the voice of our children away when we practice what, you know, we consider like rigid discipline, right, or when we practice, you know, do as I say, not as I do. You know, we, we create these, you know, children who, who think that my voice is not important. And so they grow up, you know, um, oftentimes missing, you know, or not developing into these great leaders that they could have been because we've taken their voices away from them early on. Um, and as a parent, um, I think that, you know, when, when we talk about raising our kids to be leaders, that's the first thing we've got to look at ourselves on. Has I, have I given my child um, capacity or agency to um, be confident in their voices and so that whether they share something with me that is controversial or they share something with me that they know I won't agree with, have I given them the capacity to know that you can do that? It's okay. You don't have to agree with everything that, you know, um, I, that, that, that I have as a, as a paradigm as a parent. You know, I've, I've told my kids that I'm not the perfect parent. Your dad and I haven't fig- has, has not figured everything out. And so there might be things, you're teaching me things every day, and so there's things that you might grow up and decide you want to do different as a parent. But I want you to know that, of course, there's a way to do that appropriately and respectfully, but you have a voice in this at any time. You can always ask us questions. I'm never going to discipline you or, or punish you, if you will, if that's the word you know, we're using, without you understanding why there, why, why, there's an issue with what you, why there is an issue with what you're doing. You know, if, if kids don't understand and don't you know, feel as though they, they have you know, time and space to discuss mm-hmm. their behavior, then what, right. what are they learning from the punishment? What are they learning from the discipline? What are they taking away from it? We've only quieted them, we've shut them up, we've punished them, and we've left them to go think about it themselves. Rather than and what happens, yeah, and what happens there, we're up against the break. And what quite, what happens is that that'll be the situation where your child does something at sixteen or seventeen that that you didn't even know they were doing. Like it'll, it'll, you know, that, that that bad thing they were doing plays out very bad. You know, whether it be uh, an arrest or or, so, or even worse. 
and you're the parent that well, goes, I didn't even know my child was into that based on what you just, you know, just said. Um, so, no, I love that, Dr. King. We're up against the break. So, Leslie, we'll be getting to you after the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show for all I ask that you pay. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Moneymotivation.com. 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 Go to that website and see the hottest streetwear brand in the industry. One of our longtime sponsors really appreciate um, that sponsorship. Appreciate all of my sponsors. And at the next segment, we'll tell you if you have uh, an amazing business, how you can sponsor the Mental Dialogue show and keep the return of Intelligent Radio on the air. This morning's discussion question, parenting skills. When do you doing your best isn't enough? Uh, amazing couple of special guests. We got caller Leslie trying to get back in, so I want to open up the phone lines back to her. So we'll go uh, to Leslie and get your three cents. Leslie, out of Canada. Thanks again for getting back in with us. If you're on, let me say this real quick, Queen, before I let you go. Um, if you're online and want to get in with our special guest, please give us a call at six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You do need to press one to let us know you want to speak. All right, Leslie, go ahead, Queen. Hey, Montoya. So one of the biggest challenges that I've had with my youngest son is video game addiction. Um, I was totally not prepared for that. And when he first got the PlayStation, uh, I thought it was fun. I was happy for him to have it. But then um, in a few short years, um, the PlayStation became his whole life and his whole basically social network was the PlayStation. And, um, he would be on the game like all night long, literally. And, you know, I, I, I tried hiding it from him. I tried just taking it from him, like turning it off in the middle of the game, and it would turn into a screaming and yelling match. And it, it got so bad that I, you know, eventually sent him to live with my mother for a year and a half. He, he just moved back just this month um, because the video game addiction was so out of control that it, it, it became like his whole life. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with, like, um, a PlayStation where you can, like, talk to other people. And, like, the PlayStation is extremely interactive. And so when that became an issue for my son, I really did not know what to do. Um, and so I'd like to hear your guests, um, their, their um, opinion on how to deal with video game addiction. Marilyn, we'll start with you, Queen. Hmm. It's interesting that you bring that up because um, – I have a very uh, 
sometimes uh, it's been effective every time. <laughs> but it's also still controversial, especially within our community um, when it comes to video games. And I really believe that video games are unfairly demonized um, with parents. And I say that as someone who previously demonized video games. My um, oldest son, when he was young, when he got his first game system, same exact thing, was on it all the time, and it became just a struggle. And, and just to kind of touch on some of the points that you made about the, the, the issues that you've had with your son around video games um, is exactly the way that it can play out when we don't let their um, needs uh, um, play out when it comes to the video games. Now, we live in a very different generation when it comes to our children. You know, what was the norm and what um, is considered appropriate when it comes to how we engage with people, how we make friends and everything else, it was very different for, you know, a couple of generations ago or even a generation ago than it is for children today. A lot of times their network of friends, now if you have children who go to school, they might go to school and, you know, they may not have people who understand them. They may not have uh, a community who gets what they're into and who they are. Sometimes it's that network that they have online that gives children a reach far beyond the community that they live in to find people who they resonate with. Now, you have to make sure that they're being safe about it, but it doesn't mean that they shouldn't have access to that. Going back to the video games, my son, one of the things that I was mentored into um, accepting is that somebody makes these video games, and they're not dumb people. They're not, you know, addicts somewhere um, um, who, who, who don't know how to um, operate in life. They actually are very intelligent people who make these video games. There are uh, um, people who play video games for a living and do very, very well for themselves and have great lives. Now, how do you go about um, creating that environment for your child? My son, I sent him to a camp um, when I learned about it to go and learn how to make video games and become a back-end you know, um, um, expert when it comes to the game itself versus fighting with him over the, the game. And when he went to that camp, he learned how to make games. And beyond just playing, he now started making the video games. He became an entrepreneur because he was, wow. you know, selling it to his friends, you know. Wow. And then from playing the video games, he learned that he enjoyed the soundtrack, the music, um, and even turned into Minecraft. He started creating characters and creating the music. Just to kind of fast forward now, my son on his own because of the the, the um, impetus that the video games gave him, by the time he was 15 years old, he completed audio engineering school <clears throat> and became a producer. And today, he actually owns his own um, music school studio. He's a producer. He works with artists and has, you know, he, he was being pursued by different universities because he was one of the first who really um, mastered um, the, um, the, the music technology programs that they're just now beginning to implement in universities. And all of that went back to him, you know, being obsessed with video games. Children are obsessive people about things. Most things that they obsess over, they eventually get over and move beyond. But if you just kind of give them a framework of safety and trust and you actually show that you care 
about their interests and what they're doing and give them avenues through which to explore it, they either will find, go deeper into it and create a life around it, or they'll realize that it's not that serious and they'll get over it and move on. They do get over things and move on. But the more that you press upon it and try to control it and say and, and, and show all kinds of disapproval and things like that, that sense of power that they need to be able to feel like they've got control over something in their lives. Because remember, they are humans. They require autonomy. They require something that of power in the decisions that they make. And a video game is a very small thing to give them some kind of power in their lives, you know, and you can communicate around it while still allowing them to do the thing that they enjoy. So turning it off, you know, hiding and all those other things just gave him more reason to rebel and want it even more because now it's this big deal. And now it's this place where he has to prove that he has some kind of power in his life. And so, and I say that because I went through that with my own son. You know, fighting with him on it just made it more of a place where he had to prove that he had some kind of power. And he wanted to do it more because now, you know, it, 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 it became a bigger deal than it ever needed to be because, you know, I, I, I was just putting so much emphasis and pressure about it rather than just kind of letting it go and creating a, um, a, a zone of safety and communication within our relationship where I understood what this meant to him and supported him in exploring it further and deciding if it was going to take him somewhere. He's obsessed over other things that when I, you know, followed the same ideal and allowed it to just play out, it resolved itself, and he was over it in a shorter amount of time than he would have been had I been resistant and tried to impose my own ideas about um, whatever it was on him. So I'll leave it at that. That's kind of my thoughts on it. No, that's beautiful because you've directly dealt with it. I would like, like allow Leslie to jump back in because she may have another question since, she, again, she just mentioned her son just been back with her for a month. And so I'm pretty sure, um, if, in a sense, that that ended up being the main reason for the, you know, um, live with her, you know, um, her grandma. Well, his probably grandma, not the only grandma. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to, I just want to highlight. Just want to make sure, give her an opportunity to kind of jump in. There, you know, um, I think it's beautiful that you've had her, really, her exact situation. Um, but Leslie, any more questions, real quick? Because uh, again, we have an expert who's dealt with their exact same issue. Yeah, that answer was amazing. Like that just completely blew me away um, because it did turn into a power struggle between me and him. She's taking care of. What's that? Oh no, go go please take yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. It, it did it it did turn into a power struggle. So I, I like that she mentioned, you know, um when when you resist it then it, it becomes bigger than it than it originally was and that's exactly what happened with me and my son. So now I'm gonna practice not resisting and just letting him play the games and you know, encouraging him to maybe even pursue it as a career because he's really into art and animation. Um He'd like to do 3D animation, so, you know, instead of fighting it, I'm going to see how I can work with it. So that answer was just brilliant. So thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, that's what we do. We are a family. We are a community club. It's the Mental Dialogue Community Club is the entire entity, LLC, if you will. And so I love when we have on-air help that happens on the spot. And, Leslie, I would also, you heard um, uh, Marilyn mention this, but go follow her immediately, um, you know, because as you navigate through this thing, you may need her help professionally, and I know you understand that, but i just like to make sure that 
Um, uh, again, I don't bring people on this show that I can't vouch for. So, you know, you know you're going to be in proper hands if you end up needing some one-on-one with uh, Marilyn in the future. So please go follow her at PeacefulMama.com and, and, and get connected. So thank you for um, that question, Queen. All right, we got another caller. No, absolutely. We got another caller that wants to get in. I think this might be Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis. Um, I've had him on the show. We've had some excellent discussions about, in a sense, how he's been able to direct his grandson. So I think this is the number. I see he called me in from different numbers. This is you, Brother Pianchi. Man, look, I've been down here with Hurricane Ida, and we have been exchanging opinions and views. Okay. And. We came to a turn. You leave, I'm staying. And that's what happened. But uh, interesting discussion you're having today. And I just wanted to say, when you get away from, when when societies get away from those aged-old, tried, and tested methods of parenting and family, then things run array. And the idea of mother, father, grandparents in the household, maybe even great-grandparents, that does exist, but they never get much play attention. You know, when society looks upon entertainers and athletes as their models and not look at the parents who are producing exactly what I hear people talking about today, that seemingly is kind of a problem. And parents have to, I think, should set the stage on which their children operate. You, know, you talk about my grandson. I told my last sibling, as I did the others, and it worked better with him than it did the others, what they was going to end up being involved in. And being obedient children, that's what they've done. There's a difference between obedient and discipline. Obedient in this country seemingly follows along religious principles, which comes out of other traditions. Discipline has been when you train to perform a certain way and you stick to it. Uh, in some fields, if you sway one way or the other, it can lead to, you know, very stringent complications, even death. So, no, you know, he's he's 24 years old, Montoya. As he leaves the house, you know what he does? He says, Papa, I'm going such and such place, and I'll be back. When he gets there, he usually texts me and say, I'm here. So that's something that they was brought up learning how to do. Now, there are certain things, and I hear a lot of that about dysfunctional families. And when you have a dysfunctional family or you have reached a position like the title of your show, hey, let me do, let then me do this, those um, parents... Yeah. Let me do this, brother. This is going to be the end of it, right here. No, 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 no. I want to, I want to keep you on. So I'm not, I'm not. I, I got to go to break. So, I, well, so let me get the break out. But you know, I've kept you on for entire segments. Before, okay, so. I understand. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get the break out, and then we'll get into that part right there. All right, we'll be right back. We're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services. We are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, 
Contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. For details to become a sponsor of Mental Dialogue, visit Facebook at Mental Dialogue or call Montoya Smith at 404-604-9477. That's 404-604-9477. Mental Dialogue, where all I ask is that you think, that you think, that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I'd like to highlight that LNG Technology is now a platinum-level member of that commercial. They, uh, they re-up with us to advertise, and they have also upgraded their membership. So I want to highlight it. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, definitely contact me again directly at 404 404- 604-9477. If you don't have a product or service but would like to support the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, please visit mentaldialogue.com and become a supporter. If you're outside of Atlanta or if you're in Atlanta, then definitely get the membership as we are enjoying our first ever Unity Weekend. Uh, we do typically have a once-a-month live event. Obviously, that was unfortunately shut down during the pandemic. We're trying to find our way back outside. So many people are looking forward to that. Although Georgia and Atlanta, with all of its political issues, never really, really shut down, if you will. Um, but a lot of the locations were definitely honoring um, different mandates just to ensure our safety out here. And so um, some of the events are coming back live. And yesterday, I just want to highlight very briefly, I was able to support my brother Milk for uh, Poetry in a Fucking Cup and Awkward Cup for Black-Owned Location. Go to my Facebook and Mental Dialogue and my, my Facebook and IG page to see some videos from last night. Um, poor open mic. I actually got on the mic. That's not recorded. Um, so I don't do it. I'm, I'm a poor, but not necessarily a spoken word artist. So um, definitely enjoyed that. Today at 3 o'clock, if you are in Atlanta, we're going to meet at Spocho at Cumberland Mall. Um, so we love to do intellectual discussions like this every Saturday. We're going to get out. We're going to get our activity on a sporting event. And tomorrow is Atlanta's House in the Park. Uh, one of the best events here in Atlanta at Grant Park. And then Monday night, again, we're taking over the whole weekend uh, with the Mental Dialogue Community Club, our Unity Weekend. And Monday, Monday night, um, via Zoom, you do have to DM me if you're on our social media pages and let me know privately you would like the link for our Buying Black Manifesto, which is something in my upcoming book, Just My Three Cents. I'll be sharing and we'll be having dialogue of what, buying black in 2021 looks like there's a lot of myths that we have about buying black and what it should look like that is not couched in reality the date the data about much how much money we have as a community and what attitudes we have when it comes to supporting black owned businesses the reality is we support more than most of us realize and so that will be the dialogue on monday night Um, but with that said you can call in and get on that zoom call and challenge even the things i have to say we're always open to open dialogue versus debate if you will we don't yell 
uh, our beliefs with each other. We actually listen for why do you think differently because that's the opportunity to learn. Back to this morning's discussion question, parenting skills, when you're doing your best, is it enough? I got my brother, one of my number one callers, brother Pianchi on the line. I'm going to let him get back into his thoughts and hear what my special guests, um, Dr. Tiffany King and Marilyn Arduini, um, have to say about um, brother Pianchi's thoughts. If you will, um, Pianchi, that was a long break, so I hope you can pick back up where you were at. Well, you becoming successful sooner or later, you're going to experience syndication that we won't have you no more. But <laughs> getting to the topic of your, your your the topic of your show, when it's not good enough, hopefully that the parent has enough understanding to realize that they have reached their point and they need to seek they need to seek mm-hmm. help from mm-hmm. the resources that community should have when dealing with young men or dealing with young women. We're not born with everything and because of the circumstances that you're in that you have no control over much of the time, then you should have the ability to understand, realize, and recognize that, then seek help in order to achieve the things that you're not able to achieve personally. That's my answer to that. Thank you. No, I, I love that. I love, like, like, if that's not the key to this whole show, Based on what Brother Pianchi just said, obviously I'm bringing both of you ladies in as experts and y'all giving sage advice. Y'all obviously understand human development because of your backgrounds. But it goes always back to what Marilyn said in the very beginning, being unaware of what you don't know. And so sometimes you being unaware will have you avoid what Brother Pianchi just said. is the idea that, oh, I need to go get help with this. And so you raise your children without ever getting help. So like he said, if you're lacking or missing things, the mindset should be, let me seek help with these things. But to a degree, I'm pretty sure, Marilyn, you can speak to this, but there are parents who avoid talking to someone like you or talking to uh, Dr. King, if you will. Your thoughts, Queen, uh, I really appreciate uh, what, you know, what Brother P. have to just close his thoughts with. Absolutely. Um, people who avoid um getting the help because a lot of times it comes down to cognitive dissonance where, mm-hmm. you know, they they can't hold two beliefs at one time. You know, if they believe that they are doing just fine, you know, because they're doing their best, then that means seeking therapy or seeking coaching or help. Um, you know, the push says that you know, doing just fine. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I was, oh, just, yeah. I was just highlighting. Sometimes they're thinking, I, you know, they might listen to us right now. Well, I don't need that. I'm all right. Yep, people, people exactly. take it their way. You're not all right is your point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I think that's what we deal with quite a great deal um, within our, our community is that kind of cognitive dissonance. You know, you talked a little bit about forgiving our parents for um, how they raised us and the mistakes that they made. And when we walk around with the mindset of, okay, well, they were doing the best they can, so it's okay, then we don't know that we have anything to forgive about our parents. Yet we walk around with this trauma and these behaviors that we are repeating and turning into, you know, generational, um, you know, generational behaviors and passing these things on to our children. So, you know, it, it, again, it, becomes a, it can become a generational thing. You know, I don't like to necessarily use the word curses, you know, but it does impact us on a multi-generational level when we don't stop it where it is. You know, I um, operate on the belief that the buck stops with me. And, you know, here today, 
any of the things that I experienced, the traumas, I'm not perfect, you know. Uh, I'm probably going to make, and I have made many of my own mistakes as a parent, but everything that I become aware of and I work hard to be consistently aware in communicating with my children and my family and learning from others, um, I will stop all of the dysfunction that I am <laughs> that that is that I'm capable of creating or that I have experienced, it will not move forward beyond me as far as it is within my power. So again, you know, just the, the idea of having to admit that maybe they're not doing everything perfectly or maybe that their parents are imperfect, especially when they have great relationships with their parents. You know, our parents making mistakes doesn't mean that they didn't love us, of course. You know, many our parents love us to death and they live their lives for us. But it doesn't mean that the way in which that they raised us was not dysfunctional or didn't cause harm in many ways. So having to no, on that and that we can no, forgive them it. and move forward. Yeah. No, I love it, love it. Um, we're, we're near the end, and I want to definitely bring home Dr. King's point. I think it's perfect to bring it home here. Um, and I'm going to give a quick example that I happen to hear, and I think it'll, just, I think it'll be just a layout for you, Dr. King, because I know – our children having voices is the thing that matters the most to you. And, that, and again, as you mentioned, you and your husband have worked very hard to live that way despite even disagreement within your own family. And so I want to give this example because I think it's something that, that we need to understand and highlight in our community. I was watching um, 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 the um, – dang, what's the pod? Because I want to give the brother credit. Um, um, David Shands um, – dang, I forgot what he called his podcast – but either way, David Shands, I was watching this podcast, and here's a prime example. We only got four minutes. I'm going to try to make this quick, and Dr. King, I think it's the perfect wrap-up for the show. So he mentioned he had this brother that was a, a, a real estate guru or whatever on the podcast. And they talked about very briefly uh, what the guy was seeing when he started showing houses. And he was saying that when he would show houses, uh, the white families typically – bring the kids in through the house, walk through the house and, and that process. Whereas a, a lot of black parents, not all, but a lot of black parents will either have the two children, you know, basically sit in the car while they walk through the home and not take part in the process. And the guy was highlighting it because he was like, this is typically most people's biggest investment and they don't have their children involved in, in the process as at all because their concern is that the, children are good and quiet and don't mess anything up. So this is not even, this, you know what I'm saying? So it's inherently this concept of our children being quiet and out the way. We don't even realize we're harming them and not allowing them to see something that they're absolutely, hopefully one day will do, which is purchase a home. So in our last um, two and a half minutes, Queen, I'm, I'm going give to give you, uh, you know, in a sense of the flow to cut this, you know, and just leave 30 seconds for Marilyn to um, give again how people can stay in contact with her. But go ahead, Queen. you got a couple of minutes to close us out. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, the one thing that I think was, was really powerful that I want to highlight is that um, there is such power in knowing that we're not alone in this journey, that parenting is not any easy for any of us. There's no... Bible, or if you will, or instruction manual that tells us how to address every single issue that we all encounter. Um, and so I think that, you know, we brought up therapy, but I also want to say that there are other resources within our communities that I think are critical to, you know, us just being open to, you know, to a search and, you know, seek out and take advantage of. I mean, even just on, on social media alone, you've got several support groups and 
Facebook groups and Instagram groups where moms and dads dialogue and, and, and ask each other questions and, um, you know, kind of just go back and forth about the issues that they're, they're having. So there's power in knowing that you're not alone and, you know, grappling with the issues of parenting. So I just would encourage us to, you know, look at podcasts. You know, Google is a great tool where you can, you know, put things in a search engine such as, you know, black parenting support, whatever it may be. Um, but not being afraid to, you know, reach out to those other resources. I know that therapy and, and, and counseling is, is much more accessible in our community than it ever has been, and then more and more people are choosing to use it as a resource, but it's definitely not the only one. And it certainly is still, there are still some issues with access in some communities, but I just want us to also be willing to, you know, look at, you know, for example, this wonderful, you know, talk talk show and podcast is, is a great resource for parents, but there are so many others that we can also look towards as ways to, um, you know, gird ourselves up as parents and encourage ourselves as well. Now, I really appreciate that. Marilyn, um, can you let people know what you got going on and how to stay in contact? And Tiffany, if you have any public information, I'll come back to you as well. Um, but you got to make it quick, if you will, Queen. We're about to end the show. Absolutely. Um, as I said before, I am the Peaceful Black Mama on Instagram and on Facebook. On Clubhouse, I'm Peaceful BLK Mama. And just as we're wrapping this up, um, topics like this are things that we discuss all the time, and I'll be launching a podcast next month. I've been recording all summer on all kinds of amazing topics, all about black parenting, black motherhood. And so if you're looking to get more of this kind of support, definitely join me. It'll be launching on Anchor and really anywhere else that you get your podcast um, next month. So follow me on social media to get more announcements about that. Thanks for having me on here. really appreciate the time. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, uh, Dr. Keaton, for your co-hosting. We'll be looking forward to having you on again. If there's any public information you want to get out, please give it to them quickly at this time. We are at the end of this show. Thank you, Queen. Sure. Both of you were excellent today. Sure. You guys can find me on Instagram at uh, DocTRKing08. what it sounds like. D-O-C-T-R-King08. Love it. Thank See you all next Saturday. Uh, absolutely. All I ask is that you think.